Welcome to episode 52 of the Daniel Yours Podcast with today's guest, Matthew Busson. Let's go. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Joined again by the first guest of 2022 and the first guest ever. So who else could it be? Coach Matthew Busson, aka Coach Boss. What's up, man? Not much, brother. How are you? Super stoked to be back. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing well. Everything's everything's going well. We already had our little our, our mini catch up and we said, let's just get into the recording because we're just gonna go an hour before we even record anything. So here we go. Right. <laughs> What's going on, we bro? What's new with you? Ah, uh, I guess I would say not much, but I guess yeah, quite a bit, you know, just a new year, lots of new things going on. Uh, birthday yesterday. So, you know, I, I, I guess for me, every time I have a birthday, it's, I guess, less cele- celebratory and more reflective, if that makes sense. It's always kind of like, all right, it's my birthday. So like, am I doing what I want to be doing? Am I where I want to be? Am I, you know, happy with this? Am I happy with that? I kind of always spend a lot of time doing that, I guess, like the, and I think to just the nature of like this time of year, right? Like that kind of, you know, Thanksgiving into, you know, Christmas, New Year's, it's just that kind of time of year for everybody. The whole, you know, New Year, New Me, it's like, ah, I never say that, you know, New Year, same me. Um, but, you know, maybe, you know, doing new things differently, maybe doing something, you know, challenging yourself, doing something out of the box. So uh, I guess, yeah, just kind of looking at doing a, a, quite a few new different things this year compared to what I've done over the last couple of years. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think that reflection piece is a, is a good one. It's not so much about like doing new stuff all the time, but it's like, am I even doing the things that I wanted to do? Did I do the things that I said I was going to do last year or, or did I change it? And do I like those things or like what, what happened? Like you had a pretty big, like you moved cities this year. Like that's a pretty big deal in and of itself. Right. So like, obviously that wasn't in the plans January of 2021, but here we are and you're in a new city. Right. Right. Yeah, definitely. And then I, uh, about when was it June or July? I quote unquote retired from, you know, professional, uh, full-time professional coaching. So I've always, you know, done a little here and there. Uh, and I think I'll always kind of continue to do little bits and pieces. Um, but yeah, kind of just, uh, decided, I guess, to, to, to walk away from essentially a 12 year career in, you know, high performance sport, um, off the, I mean, I, I did a lot more than I ever thought I was going to do. And I think I can kind of like rest my hat on that. So it's like, if I, do decide to never really go down that path again. Then, you know, it's kind of one hell of a career that I did have over those 12 years. Um, so yeah, quite a, quite a few changes this year (laughs) now that I think about it. (laughs) But, but then you did, you did jump back into coaching a little bit, not in the, not in the high performance side, but you still jump back in. So you did like a, a McGregor-esque retirement, eh? Uh, yeah, I guess, and I, I guess, yeah. That's, so that's why when people, I was like, Oh, I thought you retired. Well, I did from, you know, full-time coaching. It's not yeah. my full-time gig anymore. Um, I, like I said, I'll always do, I guess, you know, little bits and pieces of coaching and consulting, um, on the side, even if it's a side project, I think just because, you know, it is, it is still, you know, near and dear to my heart, but, um, I don't honestly just got really sick of the politics in, in high performance sports, um, you know, especially in big organizations like the NFL, UFC, all of that. It's like somebody said the other day, like, well, what if they called you, you know, tomorrow and offered you a job? I was like, I'd probably turn it down. Like, I don't have any love for it anymore. You know, it's like I've I've done bits and pieces. And I, I like I said, I did a lot that I never thought I was going to be able to do um, and kind of, you know. I've always been really good. And even, you know, going back to when I was in high school, people would always tell me, like, oh, you're so intimidating. I'm like, why? And they would always say, like, because you know exactly what you want to do with my life. (laughs) And I'd always kind of, I don't know, laugh at that almost because it's like I really have no idea. So it's kind of weird that that, that that's what's outwardly projected. Maybe, you know, because I am very all or nothing. So if I have an idea in my head, 
I go into it balls, balls to the wall. And, you know, I, I did have a 10 year plan of, you know, certain things that I wanted to do and see and achieve. And I, I got to do all of those. And then, like I said, even more things uh, and more opportunities kind of open themselves to me. Um, and then just, I don't know, yeah, the last couple of years, it's, it's just been something that's always been in the back of my mind. Um, especially since I left Australia and, you know, quit my PhD, which, you know, I, I think we talked quite a bit about on the last podcast or I don't know, me and you have so many conversations. Yeah. <laughs> I forget which ones are recorded and which ones aren't, but, um, yeah, just kind of, like I said, lost a lot of love for that. And, you know, especially, which I'm sure we'll talk about here in a second, you know, like the, the, the science and research and, and when you're actually a part of the process that's creating the, the science and the research and being uh, a peer reviewed, you know, uh, um, journal author and things like that, I just, Definitely lost a lot of love for that about four years ago. And then ever since then, I've just kind of always had this little idea in the back of my mind. It's like, well, what if I did just, you know, completely, you know, take a new route and, and walk a different line and, and, you know, achieve a different dream. And I think, I think that's one thing people get really scared of doing. And, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, put my hand up. I'm absolutely scared of doing it, but you know, you, you got to take that step in that direction. You know, it's, just because you chase one, you know, dream in your life, I don't think you should give up on all of the others, you know, and I think a lot of people do that, uh, you know, myself included. And so I think that's something now that I've been really reflective about over the last couple of weeks. And that, like, there's all these other things in my life that I want to do and see and achieve. And it's like, well, none of them are going to get done if you're just sitting around thinking about it, right? So it's like, all right, well, let's put that kind of thought into action. And, you know, maybe it's just doing little small things, you know, bit of research, you know, looking, you know, here and there, having different conversations and, um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that that will kind of turn into a new, you know, path and possibility of a new career, but we'll see what happens. You know, it's only the six day to year. So there's a lot, a long time to go, but definitely, definitely started putting kind of, you know, foot, foot to motion in that sense. Um, yeah. even just over the past week. So, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's so much there. I mean, like just from the, from the high performance side for people, you know, just to differentiate that it's different working with like regular people and coaching general population people as in not professional athletes. And, you know, we've talked about that many times before, but what do you think is the biggest thing? Like, what was it that kind of like turned sour for you? Is it the politics of it, but what drives that? Is it just, is it as simple as just money and egos that get in the way of, you know, men and women playing sports? Is it that simple or is it, what, what is it? Uh, ego is always a, a, a big play and it's just like, it, it's real hard, especially in those very, very, very high competitive environments. It's like, you know, I used to tell uh, when I used to teach at the university, I, I taught uh, sports sciences um, as a head tutor in Australia for about four and a half years. And I used to tell the students all the time over there because, you know, you go through the first year of university, um, you know, first year in college, especially in sports science. And, you know, you go around the room and everyone stands up. Oh, I want to do this. I want to do this. I remember laughing because in one of my classes, it was a uh, uh, coaching science. Like literally it was like, I don't know. 18 out of 20 kids in the class stood up like, oh, I'm going to coach professional athletes. And then it comes to me and I'm like, I'm actually going to coach professional athletes. <laughs> and I knew even then I was like, I'm going to set myself apart. Like I'm going to, I'm never the type of person that says something and then doesn't do it. So um, fortunately, you know, I was one of the, the few that got through in, in, in my uh, cohort and my um, uh, degree in Australia that actually did go on to coach uh, uh, professional athletes and kind of just the things that you had to do to set yourself above and beyond, you know, like I was just always working. And I think, you know, now again, now that I'm older and in my early thirties and not in my early twenties, where I literally sacrificed so much of my life in terms of, you know, like, and I, I don't mean just, you know, like hanging out party and things like that, but, you know, having two lives almost, you know, growing up in Australia, growing up in America, I was always away from friends and family, always away from events. Um, 
you know, so that I think the biggest thing that really like it's a lot of ego, like I said, especially in, the, in that high performance. And sorry, my point was what I would tell the students is that, you know, you OK, you want to work with professional athletes. Great. All right. What what sport? Just throw one out there. OK, let's pick you know, uh, NFL football. Perfect. There's 32 human beings on the face of the earth that have that job. That's it. 32 out of 7 billion. Right. Yeah. So it's like it's 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 this weird mix of like. Yes, you need the qualifications. Yes, you need the degrees. Yes, you need the knowledge. But then there's always that other big giant elephant in the room that's you need to know somebody. Right. And, and that's, I think, the unfortunate thing. We see it time and time and time again, especially in the college setting where people get jobs that don't necessarily deserve them. They don't have the qualifications for them. It's literally just like jobs for the boys, you know. Um, I know there was a big old stink. Um, one of the old former coaches that I used to work with, he hired a former player um, to be a shrinking missioning coach who like literally had zero qualifications at all. One workout, I think he put like three or four kids in a hospital or something. Um, you know, they all fainted, you know, cause he just had them out, you know, on the field doing uh, burpee up downs for 45 <laughs> minutes straight or something, you know? So it's like, it, it's just when you see that happen time and time and time and time and time again, when you're on the, I guess the opposite of that in terms of like getting the right qualifications, getting the right degrees, you know, doing the certifications that you're told to and, and then even then, don't even get me started on the certification side of things, which, again, I know you and I have talked about quite a bit. It just becomes this like rat race. So like you're just paying money for recertification. OK, the degree in the science hasn't really changed all that much in 10 years. Right. Like, yeah. you know, lift, lift heavy every once in a while. Do some mobility, which your know, mobility's maybe changed, I think, the most over the last 10 years from at least when I first started in the sports sciences. You know, and, and food and nutrition. I know we definitely talked about this on your last podcast. Like uh, nutrition is complicated, but eating healthy is not. So it's like, it's just, I don't know. I just feel like there's this constant need to like reinvent the wheel, you know, and especially with today's day and age with Instagram, it's like, you know, my my uh, uh, expertise and credentials are constantly being thrown to the wind because, you know, I have 38,000 or sorry, 3,800 followers, you know, versus, you know, Joe Schmo over here with a great six pack has a million followers. Like it, it, to me, that means absolutely nothing. And I really recognized early on, it was like, if that's what I have to do to keep going in this career, like I, I don't want anything to do with it anymore. You know, it just, it just waters down the, the, the credibility and the credentials of legitimate people and coaches out there. And so I really think you at the highest level, that's, that's always what you're going to have to do with. You just, you have to know somebody. And it's like, I still know a lot of people that, you know, I could call up and chase those avenues, but I'm just not, like I said, I just lost love for it to be completely honest. And I, I guess, you know, some people are like, oh, it's so sad. I, I kind of don't think it's sad. It's, you know, constant evolution, you know, like I'm a completely different person now than I was 10 years ago, you know, with different hopes and dreams and goals and, um, you know, different things like that. So I, I, it's kind of hard, I guess, to like put a finger on one particular thing. Definitely, you know, egos is, is one of the, the, the bigger ones just because you're always going to have to contend with that, you know, and um, so yeah, I don't know. It, I guess it's a, it's a hard question to answer. It's very loaded. You know, there's a lot of different directions that we could kind of go and take it, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I kind of lost love for that, that high, I, 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 so I guess I haven't lost love for like the high performance stuff. Like that's always something that's going to be interesting. Um, to me, it's always something I'm going to have love for. And I guess that's why now with, you know, project heroes, which we'll talk about, I'm sure is, is now I get to focus on that for myself and for my own health, you know? And I, I think too, especially going from high performance athletes and dealing with general population, it's like, 
you spend 99% of your time just convincing people to be healthier. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like after a while, it just feels like you're banging your head against the wall. It's like, this is for your life. If you, if you don't want to listen to me, like, cool, I'm just going to go over here and do this instead, you know? So yeah. like, this is something that I can keep as a love for myself rather than like, Hey, you know, you, you need to worry about your protein, your fats, your carbs, your micronutrients, your this, your that. It's just when you say the same thing day in, day out, over and over and over again, it just, it, yeah. I mean, I've just lost love for it, I guess, you know, it, it, to put it in any other way. It's just, it just gets hard. And, um, I don't know, like I said, I'm always going to keep that. I think there'll be a lot of opportunities, you know, for consulting on the side to get involved in some really interesting projects, um, you know, for, for myself, my own project or what I'm doing, plus other people as well. But I just think it's time to shift the focus. Maybe, you know, a, a lot of people get into coaching. Oh, I want to help people. And that's exactly why I got into it. I want to help others. And it's like for 12 years, I've done that. And I've tried to do that where it's like, now it's like, all right, I'm getting older. I got to focus on myself. I got to worry about myself. And you know, when you spend 10 hours a day coaching other people, it's hard to stay motivated to, you know, you know, hang back in the same gym or studio that you've been in for 12, 13 hours a day and hang out for another day or, you know, for another hour yourself. So now it's like I get to shift the focus, get to kind of put my mind to something else. Um, I definitely think I've got a way more of a creative mind than I ever gave myself credit for. And I think, you know, 12, 13 years ago, you know, when we get out of high school, it's like, all right, now you need to, you know, pick something to do for the rest of your life. Why? Why do, why do I have to choose one thing and I have to stay in that channel forever? So I think now it's like, I'll get to find a little happy medium of both and, you know, you know, get to focus on your know, health is always something I'm going to have to personally focus on, especially mental health and all, and all that, which I'll, you know, talk quite a bit about and start to open up a little bit more. Um, I guess that's again with project heroes will, will be a big part, but, um, just kind of put my mind to something else, a lot more like creative outlets um, in terms of like design and art, things like that, which I've always had a love for. I just guess I never really had the confidence to like chase something like that. Whereas now it's like I can build off of the confidence to like look at all the things that I did do in sports science, you know, and I was that one percent that got to, you know, do all these different things in all these crazy special organizations. You know, I was saying to somebody the other day, and again, I don't mean this in any type of like, you know, cocky or arrogant way at all, but it's like, if you look at my resume and all the different organizations I worked with in that sense, like, I don't know that it'd be pretty tough to find another 10 people in the world that have done all of that, you know, and especially at that young age too. That's where it's just like, I remember teaching and lecturing when I was like 24 and then I had this older mature age student that might've been, you know, like a, a young dad in his like, you know, late thirties or early forties something. And he stopped and he's like, how old are you? I was like 24. And he goes, what? Like you've done so much like already. And I was like, really? I don't know. I didn't even think about that right. because it's just my life, you know, like I'm just going on and I'm doing and I'm living. And, and so I think now it's like, if I really stop and, you know, quote unquote, smell the roses and look at what I achieved during that 12 years, it is pretty, you know, profound. So it's like, okay, well, if I can take that confidence and knowing that like I can absolutely, you know, set myself apart and dominate in that, then there's absolutely no reason why I can't do that, you know, in a completely different or unrelated field. And, and I think for me, you know, I'm a very, um, I guess, intellectual person. I love the challenge. That's why I did originally love academia is getting into the, you know, studying and creating new things and, and that kind of daily challenge where you're feeding your brain, you know, it's like, well, there's so many jobs in the world. Once you get into that job, it's like, you know, it gets kind of scary because it's like, holy shit, I could blink. And in 50 years from now, I'm, I've been doing the exact same thing day in, day out every day, you know, yeah. for that whole entire time. And I guess for me, that's like, that's the only thing I'm really scared of in this life is falling in, into that, you know? So it's like, I'll go jump off a mountain. I'll jump off a plane. I'll do all this, you know, quote unquote, crazy risky stuff. But to me, that's, 
that not doing that or not chasing that, that's the risk, you know? And I, and I guess I never wanted to be that guy that, like I said, just, you know, woke up and I'm 50 years old and I'm, you know, losing my hair and I've done, been doing the same thing every day. So I, I think now if I kind of take a lot of those lessons that I've learned, that confidence that I had, I can try to build it, you know, in, into something new. And who knows, like I said, I, I, I really don't know um, what's going to happen next, but that's kind of like, I guess, my next plan of move. So <laughs> for sure. No, I, I think I think a big common theme here, and, and this certainly will extrapolate to the rest of life and and especially given the world scenario right now is just the ability to change your mind given changing circumstances and changing information so when you were 18 whatever out of high school it's like i want to be the coach i want to coach professional athletes great it doesn't mean you lock yourself into that for the rest of your life you did that you did your thing and now there's like new situations that have uh, presented themselves and so it's like hey maybe i want to try this thing and i think the other thing that you know as as coaches i think we can get stuck into this any job you can get stuck into this, but I think a little bit more as coaches is where you get stuck into that identity. I'm the coach. I'm the fitness guy. I have to eat healthy. I have to look a certain way. I have to do the things. I have to be the fitness guy all the time. Talk about working out and talk about being healthy. And sometimes you just want to not do that. You just want to be Matthew. You don't want to be coach boss all the time. You just want to be you, right? And so being able to switch gears and, and still be able to do that stuff on the side without having to rely on it as a job or have to bang your head against the wall doing the stuff, the parts of it that you don't like, you get to do the parts of it that you do like, which is helping people. And you get to do other stuff and explore other avenues of, of yourself as a human. And I think that, you know, we can all uh, use this to some degree or utilize that because you don't have to necessarily change jobs, change careers, change the place you live, but you have to be open to new experiences and you don't have to silo yourself into doing one thing or being one thing or, or chasing one thing for forever. You're allowed to change your mind. And in fact, it's probably encouraged to do so, you know, as information changes. And, and again, as your situation changes, right? You, you can't just, like you said, you pick one thing out of, uh, out of high school and you're just supposed to do that rest of your life. Like how ridiculous is that? Right. And I think, I think that's a great point you bring up too, is like the identity part of it. Cause that's something, I mean, I've been going through over the last, you know, three, four years now and, and, you know, still going through it. Um, I use the example, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and it's like, uh, in the NFL, they have like uh, player personnel. I, I don't know exactly what they're called, but basically their job is to work with players that retire to literally like transition them back into like regular daily life because they lose a part of their identity. And that's massively something that I've gone through. And I think, you know, again, you know, the curse of hindsight on looking back is the the uh, the persona, uh, you know, or identity that, that I created with Coach Boss. It's almost the exact opposite to me personally, as you know, sitting here, Matthew William Busan, like Coach Boss is super outgoing, super, you know, super confident, you know, uh, super outgoing all the time, like all of that. Whereas like me personally, and you can talk to any of my, you know, friends and family that have known me since I was a little kid. I'm the exact opposite of that, man. Like I'm real shy. I'm real quiet. I'm real like I'm the exact opposite. So I think it's, you know, maybe it was my doing, you know, and that I created this, you know, big larger than life persona. And, and when you're in a studio and you're know, in front of, you know, athletes and gym members and whoever else, like every day, it, it really started like wearing on my, my person, on my, myself and my soul, if that makes sense, you know, cause it's like, and it's not that I'm like being somebody that I'm pretending or, or like I'm pretending to be somebody. It's just putting those values and qualities that I respect and love and wanted to be like, and putting that on a pedestal so that others could find inspiration from that. And I know, you know, I did do that very well through my teaching career, you know, uh, uh, through academics, through, through um, high performance coaching and things like that. But yeah, I guess now like 
now that I'm getting older, I'm definitely getting a lot more introverted. I think, you know, especially the way the world's going over the last, you know, two years, it's just, there, there's just so much like turmoil and arguments and, and, and to me, not effective ones. Cause you know me, i you know, I love a good argument. Like, cool. Let's, <laughs> let's lay all the information down here. Let's hash it out. Let's have a debate. Like, I love that. I love, you know, that's, that's really the only way that we learn, but now the way things are going, it's like the complete opposite. And again, it's like people have just discredited, like, ah, oh, you need to follow the science, but well, I'm an actual scientist. Like I actually know what that means. I didn't just, you know, repeat what you heard on some news channel. Like that's the first thing I say now is, or first thing I ask now, anytime somebody says something or, you know, outwardly expresses their opinion, I'm like, oh, what news channels do you watch? Cause that'll tell you the rest of what you need to know, especially in America, you know? And I'm kind of over here as this, you know, foreigner, you know, lived in Australia for about 20 years of my life. And I'm over here in America now and things are very, very polarizing, you know, with the right, with the left, with, you know, red, blue, you know, this and that. And it's, it's okay. Which channel of, you know, where's your information coming from? All right, cool. Enough said, like, you know, you ask them one or two questions then they're like, uh, okay, well, you're clearly not thinking for yourself. You're just repeating what you've heard. Unfortunately for you, you've met somebody that actually knows what you're talking about. When you say follow the science, good like, Oh, what science are you following? Like, yeah. you know, like, Oh, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's a news channel. It's not scientific at all. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. that's incorrect. Well, what about it? You know what I mean? And and I don't, uh, the funniest part for me is like, I don't say one thing for another. I kind of, and I think we talked about this last time, like kind of staying neutral, but like strategically neutral in a sense, like I'm still standing up for my beliefs. I'm still standing up for my opinions, but by simply asking one or two questions, you can kind of find exactly where, where that person's at, you know, and then they get all frustrated. You know, it's like the last two years, the number of times that I've been told, like, I'm not a scientist by somebody that's not a scientist is quite <laughs> hilarious to me. Um, so I, I'm, I'm sorry if I went off on a tangent right there, but yeah, just something you said uh, ticked me off clearly. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. But I think, but I think part of this, like <clears throat> this maturing thing that you're talking about in this kind of changing uh, of life situation and career and whatnot, it's like you, you know, you, you said it at the beginning, you sometimes you feel like you're, you're banging your head against the wall, telling people to eat healthy and move their body and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, we're shouting it from the rooftops. Big boisterous coach boss is, is, has had enough of this, the yelling it off the mountaintop. And now it's like, you're going to have those conversations and do your thing, but quietly with people who are listening with people who, who are ready to receive that information. And living and that by it. example, right? Living that by example. Exactly. So it's like, if I talk about, you know, being healthy and, you know, aging backwards and mel- metabolic health and this and that, like, Cool. Look at where I'm at in the past two years compared to where a lot of people were at in the last two years. I know we definitely talked about that in the last podcast. Is like how many people have gained weight over the last two years, yeah. and now finally you got these mainstream news sources coming out saying like, "Hey, if you're if you're you know overweight, you're more susceptible to X, Y, and Z." It's like, yeah, literally two days ago, you, that, yeah. right? Like again, banging head against the wall. It's like finally the mainstream's catching up to what we've been saying. Yeah. Yeah. And I, th- and I think to, to start to talk about uh, Project Heroes a little bit, like it's it, it's almost works that you're in a place of you're not in your best health and your best shape ever right now. Right. And so as you're starting this Project Heroes, which which I want you to explain you know, to people what that is and how that's all going to work. But it, it's kind of it, it's nice in that it takes people along that journey with you. Like, hey, you're the fitness guy. We make quote unquote mistakes. Sometimes we get out of shape. I think the biggest difference with fitness people getting out of shape versus non-fitness people is that you know there's a limit and we don't let it cross that limit myself i gained a whole bunch of fat over the past six months as i was bulking up whatever but i did it on purpose to show people how to how to lose weight you know coming over the next couple months but i didn't gain 75 pounds like you know i i stopped it and it was never and first of all it was all under control anyways but 
even for yourself, it's like, yeah, you got out of shape, but you're out of shape by your standards. You're still in much better shape than, than most people kind of thing. And so and now yeah, you get to show people how to get into elite shape again. That's actually quite wild for, for you to say that. I was just, again, just having a conversation about it the other day. It's like, I'm, I feel like I'm probably in the worst shape I've been in, I don't know, like a minute, which is frustrating, right? Because last year it was yeah. like, all right, my 32nd birthday, I'm going to be in the best you know, uh, best health and fitness I've ever been in. And I've had that, uh, that real, you know, me just super obnoxious photo in the, in the pink, uh, pink spade on, yeah. I got popping ad where it's like, now it's like 33. I was like, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to be in the best shape of my life. And I'm probably in the worst shape I've been in for the past like three or four years. But again, a lot of that, you know, a lot of that was last year. You know, I, I moved cities from down from LA to San Diego, you know, got a new job that was, you know, very kind of new to me and had to learn a lot of stuff. So, you know, putting in a lot more hours, I guess, behind the scenes than, you know, focusing on, you know, health and fitness and everything else and much more of like a managerial position. Whereas, you know, even when you're a head coach, you're, you're running around, you're burning so many calories when you're running these coaching sessions, you're still kind of working out anyways. Yeah. So for me to kind of go from that to much more of like a, you know, like, I guess like a desk job, so to speak, it, it, it kind of really hit, but again, yeah, I've, I've only really put on 15 pounds, um, you know, all body fat, I've absolutely lost a bunch of muscle mass. Um, but to see like, it's still comparable to, you know, general population. Like I'm, I'm, I could still almost get by as like being a professional athlete compared to some of these people. Like that's <laughs> almost, it's a scary part. And I just yeah. put up on my story the other day, um, uh, uh, some graph that's saying that there's now over 80% of males are now overweight and like fellas, that's stop. Like, what are we doing? Over 80% of us, eight out of 10 people walking around the street right now are overweight. Like it's not good, man. I'm yeah, telling you, it's, it's not, not good. Okay. So I guess now I get to, you know, uh, uh, practice what I preach and, you know, lead by example again, you know, I, I, I know what to do. I know how to do it. I've done it before. I've done a hundred times before, you know, my, my weight is going up and down like this, you know, I'm not sure if I mentioned in the last episode, like way back in the day when I was you know, 18, 19, I was 155 pound mixed martial arts fighter. And I was, you know, super jack, super fit doing that. I've been a 235 pound power lifter, you know, where I muscles, you know, and lifting all types of weights. And then I've literally been every single weight in between that. So like, I never really worry about the weight on the scale. I never really worry about following, you know, like any specific or really strict diet. It's just about, you know, being smart. And again, you know, eating healthy is it's easy. Everyone knows what to do, right? Like eat some fruit, eat some vegetables, you know, eat, eat some, you know, uh, a good quality meat, you know, and not to really get into this diet or the other. I know people get crazy right now with, you know, all vegan diets versus like all carnivore diets. Like I've always been one of like, it doesn't have to be one extreme or the other. Like you can just kind of, you know, go and float through the middle. So I think that was the yeah, kind of, kind of opening to see like, this is me and my out of shapeness, and I'm still in crazy good shape compared to a lot of other people in the world, which is, it's, it's kind of, like I said, I worry for them, but all you can really do is, is lead by example. So I'm hoping that that's, really what what um, people can get out of uh, Project Heroes and if they start following along with that, basically just proving that, you know, anybody can go from being, you know, on the couch, out of shape, you know, uh, uh, you know, high body fat percentage. And then, you know, within 12 months, just completely change around um, their life. So so my goal will be for, for 2022, the entire calendar year um, training for uh, it's called God's One. It's a uh, like one of the world's hardest adventure races. It's in New Zealand. So Fingers crossed that we'll be able to travel by then. If not, I'll, I'll just find something locally. But really just, again, just kind of, I guess, put myself on a pedestal and just show people like, hey, like, look what we can do. And um, again, rather than trying to convince other people to be healthy, if I put the focus on myself and then hopefully people will just kind of start following along 
um, you know, and then inspire them. Again, it's, you know, it's always kind of, like I said, near and dear to my heart to want to be able to help people and inspire them and doing things like that. So I think if I, if I like I said, put myself in, in the spotlight, so to speak, because, again, being the coach, we're, we're always in the background. It's like one thing I used to say to my sports science students is, like, don't be a coach because you want to be famous. And again, this was before, you know, Instagram and all that world even existed. But I, I used to say to people, like, all right, quick show of hands around the room if anybody knows Usain Bolt's strength coach. <laughs> right crickets no nope. yeah. i don't know I, to this day i still don't know who that is or what that person's name was so that's kind of why i was in coaching you know is to be that kind of silent catalyst in the background whereas like now i get to kind of you know shift gears a little bit focus again on myself um and, and you really jump you know, by by putting it out there i think it's going to hold myself a little bit more accountable as well and like you said my, my goal and hope is to have other people just kind of jump in and tap in and just even message me like hey you know what what workouts you're doing this week and then i'll send it to them cool you go do it too you know like this a group thing you know if we have this you know group accountability and and, and that community um I, th- I think it could be really successful and even if it turns out to be nothing i'm still going to do it anyways just for for myself and my own personal um goal and challenge and uh really just i think encourage people to get more outdoors you know in, in 2022 especially over the last two years you and i i know you're posting on your stories every day right go outside like that's <laughs> got to be the biggest thing now like we got to go outside. You got to get vitamin D and you know, you don't have to do crazy workouts to be that healthy. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, I think people have put that on such a big pedestal. And I used to talk about even like the whole movement through the eighties or, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger's and bodybuilders, you know, nobody ever said they were healthy. Like sure that they were yeah. put, you know, on posters and the Wheaties boxes and like, oh, like that's not healthy either. And then look at all those guys. Now look at Ronnie Coleman, the dude, poor guys, like in in a freaking wheelchair with like eight hip replacements and broken knees. And he was like, Oh, that's the price you pay for glory. Like, cool. But like, I'm not trying to be like that when I'm that old, you know, like if I'm, if I'm in that bad of shape when I'm that old, trust me, I'm just going to kick the bucket. Like I'm on my time's done. You know? So now it's like, I want to do the opposite. Like I just want to be super lean, super mobile, you know, super fit. And, and, and now I'm looking at it again as I have my 33rd birthday yesterday. Like, that's that's longevity. You know, I'm going to keep years on my life. Um, you know, so this is going to be the last time ever in my life that I'm this out of shape and I'm going to get back in shape and, and stay that way. You know, so when I am 40, I, I, I can show people, hey, look, like, you know, it, it can be it can get bad, but you can turn it around. You know, uh, when I was 27, when I was uh, uh, doing my Ph.D. and I quit, I was even worse off than I am now, like like horrible. And and I you know showed that you can age backwards and, and change your metabolism and, and all that stuff. So I guess, yeah, just kind of changing the focus a little bit. Um, it keeps me motivated. It's going to keep me accountable. And, and again, it's, you know, do some really cool outdoorsy things, you know, so you know, climbing mountains, um, river rafting, mountain biking, like honestly, anything like, anything like that, that I can uh, do this year, that's what I'm going to (laughs) do. Yeah. Uh, One, one thing that I like and appreciate that the way that you're setting this all up is that it's a, it's a one year thing. It's not some like, you know, six week to shredded, whatever nonsense. Like, no, no, this is like a year. That's a long time. Like anyone, you can make a lot of changes in a year. Like it's underrated how long of a time that is and how much you can actually accomplish in that amount of time. Right. Yeah, Um, absolutely. And I hate those like fad diets, you know, like, you know, 30 day challenge here, there, the other, like, cool. I've seen it like literally a hundred thousand times, you know, people have great success results, lose the weight. You don't see them for a month. They come back and like, they've just gained everything back. So it's like, it's long term. So it's like, whatever your goal is, double the length of that, right? You're like, oh, I need to lose weight by blah, 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 blah. 
All right, cool. Double that. If you say three months, I'm gonna tell you six months. You know, yeah. show me if, that you can like- lose you know a pound a week. You know, for six months, and then we'll talk about something. Exactly. <laughs> you know. If those like six week, even 12 week, whatever challenge things worked, like, do you think they would have to market them so frequently? Like if they worked, then, then they would just do it once and that would be it. They don't have to do it every, every three months is a new challenge. How, how is this happening? It doesn't make any sense. I mean, I think that goes for everything, right? Like if it, if it works and it's that good, why, why do you need to advertise or market it that much? Yeah. <laughs> if you know yeah. what I'm talking about, but again, but I guess we won't get into that too much. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll we'll stay away from that one for now. But um, so so the Project Heroes, uh, what are the actual events in it, and like how did how did you even find it? First of all, I, mean, I never heard about it until not the Project Heroes, the God Zone. Uh, uh, God God's one. Yeah. Uh, so I got a a friend of mine, um, real 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 close friend and mentor, um, who was basically actually my uh, very first rugby coach that I had when I moved to Australia when I was nineteen and started playing. Um, who's always just been a great friend and mentor to me. Um, he was the one that told me about it. So I think, I'm not sure how he found out about it. I mean, New Zealand's pretty small, so, um, word gets around uh, pretty quickly, but, um, yeah, it's basically, it's a 10 day, um, 10 day adventure race, uh, in four to six man teams. And you have to do like a little bit of everything. So it's like, somebody's like, Oh, you're doing adventure racing, like Spartan. No, absolutely not like Spartan at all. That's, you know, a gimmicky one day, like couple hour thing. Like I could do that with my eyes closed. And again, not like bragging or, you know, being arrogant, I just know I could. I'm not interested need, in doing that. You don't need to train like for a year to do a Spartan little, race. Yeah, it's like a little obstacle course. I could just literally rock up tomorrow and do one if yeah. I wanted to. Yeah. Um, so this this is like it's it's tough and it's like proper like you know adventure race. You need to know how to how to navigate, you need to know how to, you know, um, you know, camp overnight or keep going, you know. So there's different different strategies and basically like different checkpoints. Every year the race is different. So it's really hard to know exactly like what to prepare for. So all I've been doing is looking at all the past previous races um, and then just kind of getting an idea in my head around it. It's like sometimes you got to do paddle boarding. Sometimes you got to do, um, you know, uh, river rafting. Sometimes it's, um, you know, mountain biking, trail running, like literally some kind of combination of all of the above. And they have like different um, basically checkpoints. So you got a certain period of time that you got to get from one checkpoint to the next. Of course, if you don't make it, you'll be eliminated from the race. So, I mean, there's a great possibility that I could do this show up. We got, you know, do all the training for a year and then don't even make the first checkpoint, right? Like that's a hundred percent a reality. And that could just come from, you know, on the day in the race, you know, making the wrong decision, navigating, you know, getting that messed up or taking a, the wrong turn. So it's one of those things like, it's just, it, it's less, and, and I think this is a great thing, I guess, to, to bring up too, especially for like gem poppers and things like that. Like, this is definitely not a challenge. It's about the end goal at all. Like the end goal, whether it happens or not, great. Like I said, that's going to kind of be for fun at the end of it, but it's really about the journey over the next, you know, 12 months. And yeah, like I said, getting real with myself, it's getting disciplined again. It's, it, you know, it's getting my diet right. And, you know, it's, it, it gets so easy for people, especially over the holiday season. And be like, oh, hey, you know, I'm going to go meet with friends, and, you know, have these drinks. And then that turns into like two or three days of that. And then, you know, especially, I mean, we see it, of course, in the fitness industry between, um, uh, between, uh, uh, sorry, Thanksgiving, especially here in the States, between Thanksgiving, you know, Christmas and New Year's, we'll see people come back in three months and they put on like 30, 40 pounds. It's yeah. just like, what? Like, yeah. So I guess for me, it's much more about the journey. And that's why, you know, I've, I've started documenting it now and I'll continue to document it throughout the rest of the year and just like how I'm going, you know, mentally, physically um, and all those things. And I think, you know, it's again, for me, I guess uh, it hits home a lot because I'm really trying to put like a lot of mental health stuff out there, just mental health awareness. You know, people really 
to in, in today's day and age have absolutely no idea what mental health e- even is, you know, and it's not as something as simple as like people like, oh, you know, message your friends and see if they're okay. Cool. Like that, that doesn't help at you all. You should right? just be doing that uh, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, be a good friend and look out for your homie yeah. or your brother, or your sister or everybody else. Right. hundred percent. But I think especially with the way things have been going the last 12 years, like we're going to see a lot more people dealing with, you know, quote unquote mental health, where that's, you know, stress, anxiety, uh, social anxiety, you know, little kids now, you know, unfortunately, just the things that they're going through. I think that, you know, in the decades to come, we're all going to need to be a hell of a lot more equipped to deal with these things um, because I think we're going to see it a lot more, you know, and it's, again, it's like, we're, 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 we're doing such a horrible job of it. It's like, I, I had an argument the other day with somebody and, like, oh, yeah, but, you know, the modern day healthcare system is great because we're all living longer. How's the quality of life? I think personally, it's fucking trash. Excuse my French there, but like, sure, we're living longer, but the quality of what we're living is absolutely down the toilet again. Because if you're going through life and, you know, eight, eight out of 10 men are now overweight, cool, bro. What are you going to do when you got a kid or a son or, you know, a daughter and you, you can't even bend over to pick them up because you're so fat and you blow out your back? Like, sorry, but that is not going to be me. Like, yeah. it, you know, and I'm not trying to throw shade at anybody, you know, but like, it's a serious thing, right? Like we're just putting more blame and, you know, oh yeah, 45% of Americans have reported unwanted weight gain in the last two years. Cool. Well, what are we going to do about it? Like what, what, what's, what's coming next? Yeah. Cause that's yeah. only going to get worse. Right see kids now walking down the street they're like six seven eight years old and they're already like you can just visibly see how overweight they are it's like i feel bad for these kids man they don't even stand a chance you know yeah it's horrible for the kids because it's not it's not their fault like you give a kid a chocolate bar he's he or she's gonna eat it like all the time of course so would i when i'm a kid but like you can't just you have to eat real food and and the kids you know they don't control their food intake they eat whatever whatever is given to them at home or provided to them at you know school or wherever they get their food from and that's just it. And it's not, it's not fair, but you're right. It's terrible. And and just going back to the, the number of years thing, like if the average lifespan say was like 75, I don't know what the, what the actual numbers are, but let's say it used to be 75 and then people died. And then now it's a hundred, but those last 25 years are in a wheelchair, taking 19 pills. You got to go to the doctor's office every three days. Like that's not, that's not living like just, you know, like you said, if that's going to be it, then just take me now. If that's what, if that's what it is, that extra 25 years doesn't count for shit. If, if it's not, if you're not actually able to live, like we should all aspire to like at the end of your life, you should be able to do mostly all the same stuff that you can do now. Maybe, you know, maybe your deadlift might be a little bit weaker. Maybe you're not going ice climbing when you're 97, but you can still, you know, get up and play and go for a walk and you don't have to like think about, oh, I, my friend wants to go th- for a hike today. And and does it doesn't have to be like a whole ordeal, right? We should be able to just do these things. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So I think, you know, it's like, yeah, you could have that argument of like people living longer, but my counter argument to that is like, are, yeah, but are they living better? And if, yeah. if, if you know, again, I, I guess that's where I, you know, the whole reason why I got into the high performance pointing into sport in the first place was you know, like to be the absolute best quality over quantity, you know, till the day I die. And that's something I'm always going to preach. So so, you know, maybe, you know, if there is that trade off or, but that's where, I, you know, there, there, there isn't that trade off, right? Because if you have better quality years, then you're going to live longer. It's a fact, right? <laughs> like if yeah. you take, if you take inches off of your waist, your life expectancy increases just like that, right? It's like old people, as soon as you put them in a, in a nursing home, their risk for falls, you know, exponentially increases someone's like well yeah they're just sitting around in a nursing home yeah. like who yeah. wants to do that i'm sorry but that's not gonna be me like absolutely yeah. not i'll tell my 
friends, kids, family, whoever, like if you put me in a nursing home, I will come back and haunt you as a ghost <laughs> until the day that you die. Yeah. I remember I had a, I had a professor and we were talking about this. This was back in undergrad and we were talking about this very same thing about putting old people in nursing homes. And she said the way that they're done where they don't have to move, they don't have to do anything is one of the worst things. There's no stairs in nursing homes. They, they don't have to do stuff for themselves. And so you, so you take away that independence by not letting them do anything. And that's, that's not good. Like we want to, we want to maintain independence as long as we can. Yeah. Maybe you need to hold the railing when you go up the stairs. That's okay. But still go up the stairs by yourself. You don't need someone to put you in the wheelchair, little, you know, machine thing to, to, to elevator. What are, what are those like elevator escalator wheelchair things you sit yeah, yeah, and it goes up the stairs, whatever those kind of things yeah. you don't like, you know, go up the stairs slower. That's okay too. Right. You don't have to be so assisted. So, you know, we need to do whatever we can to maintain our independence. And I think you'll agree with me that the best thing we can do is increase your level of independence. Now increase your health as much as you can. Now your strength, your, you know, lower your, your body fat percentage, all these things get as healthy as you can now so that you start, you know, you won't see this on the video for most people, but you start way up higher and then your decline, it's going to decline anyways, but you give yourself way more of an advantage. You give yourself a huge head start, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not going into a nursing home, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. not. By that time, I'm going to be off grid. You know, <laughs> some I'll have a long beard, long hair, just being some little hermit out in the forest, and everybody can leave me alone. <laughs> yes, I, I love it. I love it. Yeah, we, we'll, we'll let's let's move on from that. We're we're all we're both getting too fired up. We're starting to talk fast <laughs> and talk loud. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So so. Next, what's next for Coach Boss? You, you enrolled in, in, in a new program, and, and how does this? How did you get to this point? Yeah, so I guess yeah, to, to that final next step of a new direction and away from sports science, I actually uh, am applying. I just started, so obviously, fingers crossed that I'll get through. But uh, started application process for a master in architecture, um, and I guess it's 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 again been that little kind of voice in my in the back of my head. Um, you know, when, when we leave high school and parents are like, you got to go to school, you got to get a degree, like, okay, uh, I'll pick that one. For me, it was always between like design and architecture or sports science. So obviously I went the sports science route, um, and did all that, but like always in the back of my mind, I've always had, I guess, a love for, you know, design and architecture and things like that. So uh, I'm going to apply, like I said, there's absolutely no guarantee that I'll get in, or if I do get in, you know, ha- uh, having a way to fund it, you know, student loans and everything else is, is always fun to deal with, but um, which is also a little scary too. You know, here I am at, you know, 33 years old and I'm thinking about going, going back to school full time. But um, I think, yeah, for me, it's just going to be a new challenge. Again, like I said, that, that kind of intellectual challenge on a daily basis, I just, it's been so long since I've come across something in sports science, health, fitness that is really challenging. You know, like this is the point where like I almost had a degree in bio, uh, um, sorry, molecular uh, uh, nutrition. I almost did. You know, I had I almost had a Ph.D. in, in biomechanics. And this is coming from somebody that literally failed almost every math class that I had in high school. And then I finally put, you know, my my balls to the wall and studied that and got into a Ph.D. in, in basically biomechanics is, is essentially physics. Um, so just something, I guess, that's going to kind of feed that intellectual beast. You know, we always say you got, you know, two wolves, which one are you feeding? I think for maybe for me, it's time to feed a new wolf and, and just to see where that goes. But again, all that other stuff that like I've learned, I've had, I still feel like, you know, again, I'll, I'll be doing things on the side. Like I, I'd really love to do maybe like, uh, just kind of like some, um, 
guest speaking or, you know, like when people have like fitness retreats and an event over like a weekend or something, I feel like I could really do well. And because I still got so much to provide and, and share, you know, through all those experiences um, that I had over those 12 years. But I think for me personally, it's like, I would love to just get into something like where it's completely, you know, uh, anonymous. Nobody knows who coach boss is. You know, I can go in there and I'm just, you know, little Matthew and I'm sitting in the corner and just, just to learn something new again, you know, and just be completely immersed in something that's like totally different from anything that I've done. Um, I think I've dabbled a lot over the past year in, in, in art and, and just kind of challenging myself to, to really do that. So I've been putting, you know, pen and paper, um, uh, just with like canvas and things like that. And I'm actually pretty decent when I sit down and do it. So it's really just kind of like a, a patience thing rather than, you know, like a skill thing. So that was kind of, I guess, cool to kind of be like, wow, you know, I can build confidence in, you know, art or, or design or something like that. And I think, again, the way that the world's going, I think we're going to need a lot more of that in the future. Like the way that we're living in cities, I, I just think right now is like, that's what's causing all these problems. Like, we're not supposed to live on top of each other like this, right? Like this is why everyone, you know, this is why everyone's so sick and these things are spreading so quickly because you got, you know, you got 4,000 people in one apartment building living directly on top of each other, you know? And yeah, I just that's, don't, that's why I had to get out. Of, that's why I had to get out of downtown after I was in Florida living at the beach. I was like, this is this down, this skyscraper thing. This is not it. This is not, it's not how to live. And, and, and me as well, you know, being living in, in right in the heart of uh, Los Angeles, right? Like I was on the beach, but again, it's still like, just felt like like the ocean's like right here, which is great. But then it's just like behind you, it's like, uh, you know, it's yeah. just people living on top of each other all over. And, and so I think, you know, the way that the future is going to go, like we're going to need, you know, sustainability and, and, and things like that. And, you know, through design and technology and stuff like that. So I'd love to kind of, you know, potentially combine the two, you know, the two careers, you know, say in, in 10 years down the track from now, I, you know, do have some type of like architecture design being able to apply that, you know, into like sustainable buildings and houses and things that also encourage, you know, outdoor living and plants and, and growing, you know, I've started growing my own fruit and vegetables at home. Um, and that's been awesome. Like it's, it's, it was kind of a cool little project that I started and, and I was joking like, oh, I'm, you know, this is the beginning of my doomsday prep. And when I do, you know, move <laughs> off grid, um, but just like the quality of, of food and taste in the fruit and vegetables that I'm cooking at home, um, compared to what you're buying at the store now, it's it's night and day difference. And again, maybe not so many people um, in America really know that if they haven't left America. But it's it's yeah. one of the biggest things that I've always noticed. And even my younger brother, when he came over from Australia and visited, he's like, "All the food's bland here." Like that, you know, you have got a giant looking, you know, red strawberry that's this big, but you bite into it and it's just kind of quite not something there, you know. And again, yeah. it's you know, whatever conspiracy or, you know, the quality and uh, the, 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 the nutrients and food now, I think is getting less and less and less. So I guess maybe moving into this kind of architecture design realm, I want to help counter that, you know, in, in some type of way. Um, I don't know if you heard of earthships. I'm totally geeking out on this whole like off grid earthship thing right now, but I, I don't know much of it, but I've heard about them. Yeah. Once you build it, it's hundred percent self-sustainable. So it, it, it you know, it, it cool and it cools and it heats itself. Um, you grow your food right there in the front, you know, through solar panels. And like once it's built, it's 100 percent self-sustainable. So something getting more um, into that, I think, like I said, it would be a huge challenge to me just because I've never really done um, anything in that kind of realm. Um, 
yeah, that's kind of, I guess, you know, fingers crossed, I, I fingers crossed I can get into the program and then fingers crossed yeah. I can figure out a way to pay for it. Um, but I think that'll be the, the new challenge. Like I said, then hopefully, you know, in 10 years down, for, down the track, kind of combining the two, you know, and, and putting two different expertises into the same thing. Because really, at the end of the day, to me, they are the same thing, you know, yeah. like your, your health is also where you're spending your time, you know, sleeping, where you put your head at night. So if you're not sleeping in an environment that, that that's healthier, you know, it's this big uprise building. And think about too, like how many people are in these, you know, giant, um, giant uh, uh, high rise buildings. Like they never see the sun. They never get yeah. fresh air. It's, everything's just indoors. It's, 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 you know, um, like circulated air. It, I, I don't know exactly the word, but you know what I'm saying? It, like it's, yeah. it's not fresh. Like nothing is real anymore. It really is like you're just plugged into the machine and plugged into the matrix. So I think for me personally, I'm just, yeah, I'm trying to go the exact opposite direction with all that. <laughs> no, I think, I think that's, that's amazing. And I think it's, it's more needed probably than most of us realize. And mo- maybe even more than I realized before you even kind of mesh those two together. Like I knew there was a, there was a marriage of these two, but it wasn't like it's a snap of my fingers obvious to me how it was, but like, of course it is. Like we all know that, you know, we need to create an environment conducive to health, but how do we do that? Like, you know, it was, it's a quite a big feat the world that we live in now, even having the high rise buildings and the electrical grids and all the stuff that we have, like, it's quite amazing. If you think like several hundred years ago, right. You never thought that we would have all this stuff. So that got done by architectures and, and, and engineers and whoever it is that does those things. Sorry if I'm, you know, missing your job. Thank you, whatever. But, <laughs> but, but, you know, now, now we got to, now we got to make, mix these things together. We got to have amazing stuff to be able to still have the internet, to be able to talk on Zoom and listen to a podcast on our cell phone, but also not, you know, destroy our health and and live in a way that is natural to humans and that, you know, we there is a way to do this, all of these things and have all of it. I don't know what the answer is. Maybe not one single person knows what the answer is, but we need people who are thinking about this stuff to, to, to mesh these things. And, you know, that even that you're thinking about this and again, 10 years down the road, not like, oh, I'm going to go to architecture school and figure this out next year. Like, no, no, this yeah. is a pretty big problem to solve, right? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And so, yeah, I, I don't know. Like I said, I'm maybe I'm maybe I'm I'm missing the mark, but I, I definitely think there's something there. And um, you know, again, I, like one needs to help the other, you know, because the, our built environment right now, which you know, I was saying to somebody the other day, it's like who just decided, like, yeah, this is what a building is going to look like, or you know, like yeah, you, you see these like housing subdivision, which just like click, you know, copy paste, copy paste, copy paste. Oh wait, hang on a minute. We'll make the roof of the tiles over here red. We'll make the roof of the tiles over there green. But it's the same fucking house. Like yeah, I don't know, but I never grew up wanting to live in that type of environment. Maybe that's maybe like the the older generation, you know, like the baby boomers that kind of didn't really have much of anything when they were growing up. So when they started seeing these, you know, again, I just don't understand. It's like you you buy a a, a chunk of land and you build the same house on it a thousand times and there's a thousand different people living in the same looking pl- like i don't know just to me that sounds like madness you know yeah, <laughs> like yeah. i don't it, want anything like that like i, I don't want to live in that i don't want that to be my life when i'm you know gr- you know raising kids and having a family in, in that type of a, a an environment so yeah, I, I don't know goes, you know i'm just going to keep you know thinking outside the box and pushing the envelope i think <laughs> exactly thinking outside the box is exactly what i was going to say it's like it, it goes back to this like we do stuff the way that we do it because we've just done it that way. 
But did we ever stop and think, well, maybe there's a better way? And maybe the answer is no. Maybe there isn't a better way. But is anyone asking that question? And are we genuinely searching for the answer? And this can apply to everything. It can apply to housing. It can apply certainly to fitness and health and and strength and conditioning at the elite level, as you for sure would know. But let's stay away from that because I don't want to fire you up on that too much. But it can go with everything. Like we don't, just because we do things one way, maybe there's a better way. And maybe there isn't. But let's ask that question and always keep searching if there's a better way to do things. Yeah, absolutely. And it's one of my, you know, me, I'm a big quote guy. My favorite quote says tradition is the enemy of progress. And I feel like, especially to older generations, they just, they, they didn't question anything. So they get pissed off when we question everything, but it's just like, well, why does it have to be that way? Like somebody yeah. just decided and then everybody just was like, oh, we agree with that. Like, let's go along with it. And then, you know, here we are fast forward, you know, 2022. I don't think we're doing lots of things very well at all, right? Like, that's why the population, of you know, uh, uh, they're getting older, they're getting fatter, they're getting unhealthier, they're getting sicker. Like, again, we've supposedly got this great, you know, you, you, you know, modern healthcare system. Where is it? <laughs> like, yeah. who's healthy? It, it, it's now, if, if you're if you're healthy and, and eating right and doing something like, you're an outcast, right? You don't fit into the rest of the society that's just eating this junk food and, you know, playing their video games and doing everything else. And to me, that's like I said, it's just madness. It's like, I, I don't think we're doing lots of things very well at all, you know, 100%. like, you know, especially in America here, we've got bigger cities than we've ever had, but more issues. Look at LA right now. They got to increase like 200% in crime right now. And again, <laughs> politics and this and that, but again, we're not doing it very well. Like yeah. politics got to change, you know, uh, uh, I just, I don't know. I, I guess I'm just finding myself at a crossroads with lots of different things. Maybe just again, where I'm at personally with my life, as well as the kind of current events over the, uh, you know, world events over the last two years. But I think there's lots of things that we can do better. And I guess I'm, I'm not going to be able to sleep at night, you know, until I'm old and gray and less like I'm trying to put one foot forward and trying to help that, or, you know, at least just ask a question or just show, Hey, here's a better way of doing things, you know, or let's have, you know, communal living where, you know, instead of just having a patch of grass out the front of your land, grow some fruit and veg there. And then you can feed a community. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, maybe this is like two out of the box, you know, type of thinking or my friends are here socialism. No, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> anything. This is just, you know, just thinking, right. Cause what's that piece of land doing there? Just don't you know, green grass. It's not doing anything. Or now, you know, people don't even want green grass because they got to mow it. So they just take it out and they put artificial grass down. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely not doing anything for anybody. Right. Like, yeah. so I don't know, again, I'm just trying to think of different ways to, you know, think outside the box, push the envelope, you know, and just ask questions like, are, are we doing it the best? Can we do it better? How can we improve it? You know, things like that. Cause again, I, I don't, I don't want to bring kids into this world, into that environment, right? Like, you know, right. growing up in a cookie cutter house, you know, with a cookie cutter life and just be like, oh, you know, you're unique and you're an individual, but we're going to make you do the same things that everybody else is doing and give <laughs> you the same education everybody else is getting. Like, again, maybe I'm crazy, but to me, that's not logical at all. That is not one plus one equals two. That's batshit crazy to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and, you know, kind of tying things back into the research, whole research of everything science related is like, you know, just look outside. We say like, oh, you know, we're not doing things right. And just look outside. You can, you don't need a study. You don't need some super smart, you know, leaders, quote unquote leader to like, to, to tell you this stuff. Like, look outside. Is stuff normal? No. Is stuff okay? No, there's not stuff that's okay. And I'll speak, you know, for myself and for, for us here in, in, in Ontario and Canada, like we're just entering our third lockdown now. The first lockdown after COVID, and this has nothing to do with COVID. So just save it if you're listening. The first lockdown, like, you know, everyone, oh, Netflix and snacks and like, okay, it was the first one. We didn't know what was going on, whatever. People got a little bit overweight. Fine. 
second lockdown, now we knew what's happening. Everyone got fatter and, and worse mental health. We took care of ourselves less. Now the third one's coming, and, and I'm more worried personally for other people than I've ever been before because I know what already happened the first two, and I, and the, the track record shows it's not going to get better. People are not taking better care of themselves for whatever reason. I know that it's hard. I know everyone's got their excuses, and there's like a whole lot of things that go into this, but but people are not okay, and, and that is not okay, and so we need to do things better because whatever we're doing is obviously not working, and again, Nothing to do with lockdowns, nothing to do with COVID specifically, but whatever we're doing as a society to take care of ourselves and elevate each other is just obviously not working. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. You know, the 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 obesity rates are getting higher, the mental health rates are are getting worse. You know, again, it's like okay, if, if we've got this great, you know, modern day system that's supposed to be you beauty great like who honestly who's it great for it's great for the people that are making money off of it and it's as yeah. simple as that like there is no conspiracy theory that is what's happening like there i don't understand any other argument right like there's certain people that have benefited over the last two years and there's 99.9 percent of us that have not benefited over what what's happened over the last two years you know like so to me it's night and day it's like well whatever we're doing it ain't working you yeah. know and, and, again, I, and i would even say it's more it's, unhealthy it's questionable whether it benefited them. Yeah, they made a bunch of money, but they're also sicker and fatter than they've ever been before, just with more money in their bank account. So it doesn't really, like, is it really better? I don't know. Right. Well, I guess for them, that's, you know, that's all they care about, right? They're, they're, they're not here for a good quality life. They're just trying to get as rich as possible and have as much money as possible, I guess. You know, it, it, it's hard to say. And I don't really know too many people in that, you know, like elites, right? Like, sure. you know, it's, uh, what's a... The comedian Carlin, uh, what's his name? He said he's like a big club, and we ain't invited. Like that's a fact. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If if you if you know someone in that, like you are in that as well. You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. They got so many you know uh, degrees of separation from me. Like I don't know anybody in that world. And the problem is, if I did, like I'd be asking them, like, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about this? How you know? Like you know yeah. me. I'm 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 pushing pushing people's buttons. But um, yeah, so I don't know. I, I just think there's a lot of things that all of us can do better, you know, just, and the first thing I guess is comes back to project heroes. Like it starts with yourself. Like if you don't focus on yourself first, like I tell people all the time, right. When you, and you use a great analogy, um, if you're in an airplane and you know, the, the oxygen tanks come down, what are you told to do first? Put your own on, because if you don't put your own on, you can't help or take care of anybody else, yeah. you know? So it really needs to like a lot of people, I think, especially over the last two years, like, Look at yourself, look at your own habits, check in, like tap in, like pay attention, just really it's just as honestly just awareness, you know, just take a second to stop and slow down and see what, you know, what, what, what are you eating? What are you putting into your thoughts? What are you, you know, what music are you listening to? Like all these different types of things. And something that I've kind of noticed now that I'm older and I've been told a few times and it, it kind of rings in my head a lot of people really close to me tell me that I live very intentionally, which at first I didn't quite understand what that meant, but I stopped and thought about it. I'm like, yeah, that's actually, I guess, very true for me. Like I'm, I've never owned a TV in my entire life. Like I've lived in places and things that, that have TVs. My roommates have had TVs. I've never personally owned one. Um, so I'm very intentional in terms of like what I'm watching, what I'm listening to. Uh, and I don't mean selective in terms of like bias, like, cause you know me, I will listen to two sides of the coin. And I yeah. always preach about this. I might even said in the last podcast episode, they need to bring back high school debate teams, learn how to argue, learn how to formulate an argument, learn how to formulate an argument for something that you don't even believe in or agree with. 
that's how you create an argument, right? Yeah. But we don't do that anymore. It's just let's argue with 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 emotion and let's take reason out and let's take logic out and let's just get people hyped up and you know excited and you know screaming at each other. And it's like even with some of the members that we have here and and you know not to discredit any of them, but like they're not they're not professional in this field at all. So it's like, again, for them to be like, oh, you, you need to follow science. <laughs> you realize you're talking to a scientist, right? Like I'm a yeah. published peer-reviewed journal author. Look me up on Google Scholar right now and you'll see six papers come up that, by the way, three or four of them happened before I'd even finished my bachelor's degree, right? So again, like it's just one of, it's that duality. It's just a really strange time, I think, right now. So I think people just, you know, stop, you know, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Really? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's not like, there's not even a lot of arguments I find. It's just, it's just two people yelling at each other, but neither of them are listening to what the other person is saying. So it's, it's just a destructive conversation, if you will call it a conversation, but it's just two people yelling and saying stuff that they don't even understand. And, and they just continue to repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. Like this is obviously not getting anything done. Everybody gets upset. That guy's an idiot. That girl's an idiot. And we go our separate ways and nobody changed <laughs> or nothing happened for the better, except everybody just got excited about nothing. And like, yeah, that's, absolutely. it's just so and, silly. And all these, the terms and the terminology, right. And again, it's like, I hear it because of the way other people are talking, like, it, you can tell it's coming from a TV. I guess for me, again, this yeah. is from somebody that doesn't have a TV. I don't watch these channels. I don't watch these news channels. I don't know who these, you know, news people are and, and things, but it's like, you can just tell because it's like in this term, like an anti-vaxxer, for example, and again, I'm not to get into this argument, but this term anti-vaxxer, now you can just throw that at somebody if they have exactly. a legitimate question about this, right? Yep. It's like, Okay, for, for, for my example, again, coming as a scientist, coming from somebody who's worked in healthcare and worked in academia for a very long time, there, there's certain like, you need three, it's a minimum of like a three-year long-term longitudinal study, right? Minimum three years, long-term data. It hasn't been three years for anything yet. So until three years happens, then we'll see what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where it's like, if you even ask that question, oh, you're this now, and then they can just discredit you because then it makes them feel safe and comfortable. It's like, hang on a minute, that's a legitimate scientific fucking question, yeah. right? Like, yeah. if you like, don't blindly, yeah. if you don't blindly agree with their opinion, you are automatically the opposite extreme, which is like just not yeah. true. You might very well agree with what they're the saying, point, right? Exactly. It's for both sides of the coin, especially again in America, you got two political parties that, for me, doesn't make sense at all, right? How do you get 330 million people and fit them into one or two categories? Yeah, yeah, like. That doesn't make sense. We, we yeah. don't have two categories of anything and you expect everybody to just fit into one political party or another. Like, again, that doesn't make sense to me. But if I even ask that question, oh, you're just a dumb Australian. You don't know anything. You're yeah. a communist. You're a socialist. Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden. Yeah, you know? You're this or you're that. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm not a anything. I don't even know what you're talking about. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So for me, that's that's the weird thing that's happened now where it's like people can just, you know, throw a term at this or that and then it just discredits everything else. But it's like, hang on a minute. Again, I am a scientist. Like, I have legitimate questions. I know exactly how scientific, you know, research papers work. There's a great, um, and I used to show this video um, to my sport, uh, undergrad students. Um, his name is Ben Goldacre. Uh, uh, English spell. He's got a couple of TED talks and he literally talks about bad science and, and, and corrupt science. Right. And, and, and you really don't have to look far again, not to get into conspiracies, but look at nutritional research. Did you know that it's something like 70 to 80% of nutritional research is bought and paid for by Coca-Cola? You don't think, <laughs> wow. you don't think they have wow. a vested interest in the outcome of studies. And this is, again, this isn't even my words. Look at the, the video. It's a TED talk, right? Ted, yeah. Ted, the TED talks are pretty, um, you know, well, I guess, uh, agreed upon, 
um, people that they invite on there, right? Like I'm, I'm not on a TED talk, but I'm saying the same things this guy is. And, and I saw it myself and he was saying in this one particular part, like if you, if you pay for a hundred studies and 97 studies say that your product either doesn't work or could be detrimental. And three of them say that it either doesn't do anything or it could potentially not be detrimental. Guess how many studies of those hundred are going to get published? Three. Yeah. Guess what's going to happen to those other 97 studies? They're yeah. going to be put in a folder. That folder is going to be put in a drawer that's in some university somewhere. It's going to get locked away under the library and it's going to be forgotten about forever. And I know that personally, I'm fired up that goosebumps right now <laughs> because one of my honors degree papers is that we had an wow. intervention. We said, if you apply intervention, then X hypothesis will happen. You can reduce X, Y, and Z. Well, now that we did the study, we uh, they didn't implement the intervention very well, basically, which again, we had to put in the, um, you know, observations or whatever part that um, you say like, Hey, you know, this could maybe um, discredit the study or whatever we say X intervention wasn't supplied. So our null hypothesis was proven. We said, if you do this, you'll get this result. They didn't do it. So they got the result that we told them that they didn't want that they were going to get. So guess right. what those studies are? in a folder, locked away with a key, never to see the light of day. And I know that because my name's on it. Like that was my work. I spent 14 months of my life studying that and coming up with the research and doing it. And that's never going to see the light of day again. So I could be out here now doing all my own saying all of this, but for that university and that institution, everybody involved, guess what they do? Uh, he's a whack job going off on his own talking about blah, exactly. blah, blah. No, not, I have the paper. I got it on my, I got it on my hard drive. I can send it to you right now. You know, so it's like, again, they, they just discredit. So it's like, and, 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 and this is coming from a very, very small, you know, sports science, high performance realm. So I can only imagine what's going on in actual healthcare in actual nutrition research and all of that. But it's, it's not, it, this isn't a conspiracy. This was my own life. I saw it with my own two eyes and I heard the conversation. You should, uh, I had this list. I don't think I have it anymore. I really wish I did on my old phone. It was a memo and it was like, um, it was like shit my supervisor said. And, and it was literally just quotes that my supervisors would tell me in my supervisor meetings where it would be like, oh, like this is said very well, um, but it makes too much sense and it's too clear to read. You need, uh, what was what was the term? You need to learn the art of fluff. I'm like, what is the art of fluff? Wow. It's like, oh, it's how to extend your word count. So you can say the same thing in more words and the more confusing you make it sound, then the less people are going to question it. Oh my God. What? That was told to me by my PhD supervisor come trying to like, and again, th this isn't a conspiracy theory. And for me, this was, there was no you know beneficial positive outcome at all. So you, I can only imagine the stuff that people yeah. are dealing with in, like I said, real healthcare studies, real nutritional studies, like that, that that's, that's what's being told to people is basically you need to write stuff in a way that makes it so confusing that nobody can question it. Sorry, but fuck no and fuck that. Yeah, and I think exactly. that that conversation and that day and that last entry I put in my shit supervisor said was the day I was like, I'm quitting this PhD. This ain't for me. Like, I'm, I'm not that guy. Right. Like, I'm not the person who's just going to sit and do what he's told and, and all of that. So, again, that's why I've been fired up over the last four years, you know, blowing it up and, and trying to let people know, like, you know, science is not what you think it is. And then you even got these idiots like Neil deGrasse Tyson. Like, you need to believe in the science. Bro, if you're a real scientist, you know there's nothing to believe in. Scientists are the <laughs> method of investigation, and that's it. That's yeah. all it's ever been. That's all it's going to be. 
Here's what we want to prove. Let's try to study and see if we can prove it. If we can't, cool, we go into something else. You know, yeah. I just, it's just baffled me. And, and again, I think I've seen, I've seen too much and I know too much because I was in academia for six years. The, the, the amount of corruption in it is just like, it, it's, it's more common than not. Like if, if you're not corrupted in that, then you're like the 1%, you know, yeah. and I felt that. And that's why I was like, it really felt like it was me against the world. I, I didn't even have my own PhD supervisors on my side because they're telling me that I need to, you know, oh, you said this well, but you need to say it less well. So nobody can question you about it. <laughs> I want people to question me about it. I want to know that what I'm saying is legitimate. That's you know, unbelievable. Like, it's that's crazy. Unbelievable. And then you got a lot of research uh, uh, researchers that, you know, if you're an acad- if you're an academics and you're just a researcher, your livelihood is based on doing research. So they will make up and bluff and fluff and do whatever they can to continue those research dollars coming in. So yeah. it's really frustrating, I, I think. And and again, you know, with everything that's happened over the last two years, all these people talking about, oh, do your research. I just giggle because they, yeah. they don't even know what it means. Exactly. Like there was a couple studies for sure that you and I talked about over the past year or so, where it's like the the result of the study is like there was one specifically, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was something like breathing through your nostrils is, is good. And it's like fucking, yeah, obviously. Like, are you, are you alive? Like what, why would there have to be like money and like stuff spent on doing this? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Going outside is good for you. Okay. We, we know that like, tell us something we don't know, like research something for real, but you know, someone, someone, again, it's like it's the same as like pro sports. It's just the elite of the elite. You got to know somebody, there's money, there's egos, there's agendas, there's all these things involved. And like you said, the stuff that you were researching wasn't impacting international policy or, or food supply or like something, you know, major, it was some, you know, niche thing in, in, in sports training. So it doesn't matter that much in the grand scheme of like the entire world. So we know what is happening on the things that do impact all these policies where, you know, billions or trillions of dollars and, and lives are, are at stake. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and I think it, it really was, I guess. So for those who don't know, my, my area of study and research was in basically musculoskeletal health. So I really felt like it did, like it was, you know, we were using the pointy end of sport and professional full contact athletes, because it's like, if we can prevent surgeries and those guys that are literally, you know, colliding and and collisioning their bodies and breaking stuff, if we can apply some of those, you know, theories and methods into everyday average Joe general population people, then there should be no, none of these injuries. There should be no surgeries. Like, and I feel like, again, we, we all as human beings existed at a point in time where there were no doctors or surgeons or anything like that. But guess what? If you're a doctor and you got, you know, $250,000 in, in student loans and, and you make your money by doing surgeries, guess what you're going to recommend to all of your patients? Doing surgery. So I was using that and trying to say like, hey, look, you know, we can apply this, you know, functional method, functional movement methods, functional training, muscle activation, like all these different things. We can apply that in this setting like we can significantly reduce not necessarily injuries, but the need for surgeries, because it's like you pop your AC joint, oh, get surgery for that and put a screw in it. Well, I'm somebody that, you know, I had a screw put in. I had surgery. And I'm telling you right now, if I knew what I knew now before um, I had that surgery, I wouldn't have got it. And I promise you, I probably wouldn't have needed it. But again, yeah. then that surgeon's missing out on $50,000 a year and, and they don't care because it's just coming from the insurance company anyways, which like, don't even get me started yeah. on that. But it's like, you know, y- y- if you go to see a surgeon and rec- get their recommendation, like I tell people all the time, if you, if you see a surgeon or you only have one, like one opinion, get second, third, fourth, fifth opinion. I'm telling you, because there's somebody out there that's preaching what I'm preaching. And, 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 
you know, now over the years, I've found other people like that. But, you know, uh, again, something that I saw in undergrad that I was really frustrated with was our approach to rehabilitation and musculoskeletal health care. It's like my whole goal when I was doing a lot of work with rehab and, and pro sports, uh, sorry, pro athletes, gen pop, doesn't really matter, right? Humans are humans. Your shoulder is your shoulder. You might need it for different, you know, function, strength levels different things like that. But if you can prevent surgery, like you don't need surgery. It's as simple as that, but that's not the system, the healthcare system that we have built, right? No, it's for the surgeons to get paid off to have surgery and, and, you know, physical therapists want repeat customers. So they don't want to fix people. And then it becomes a thing of like, yeah, not every physical therapist out there, you know, is a scumbag, but I'm sorry, uh, 12 years in the profession, a lot of them are, you know, And, and whether they it's, Sometimes it's like they don't even know that they're doing it or they don't even realize, but it's it's almost willful ignorance at that point, you know, because they choose not to, or I'd start questioning them on this or that. And then, you know, they get all frustrated. And again, just, you know, oh, you're this and then just throw me out. Like, oh, okay, cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't know. It's frustrating, man. I could talk about that for a long time. No, it's, but. it's true. Like you, you should, you know, any profession, you should be able to answer questions for like, why you do things the way you do things. Like even as just a strength coach or even as a personal trainer, less than like pro athletes. If a client asks me like, Hey, why are we doing back squats instead of front squats in my program? Like I should be able to answer that question and it shouldn't. And the answer shouldn't just be because I feel like it. Like that, that's not an answer. That's oh, because, because I said so. Like, that's not an answer. You're not talking to a well, two-year-old. because it's always been done that way. So we're just going to keep doing it that uh, yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Yeah. You're not talking to a two-year-old telling them like, you know, not to put their hand on the stove or something like that. Like, oh, just because, because mom said so. Like, okay, that's, you know, for that situation, it's a viable answer. But, you know, for, for whatever you do in your profession, you should be able to have a, have an answer, a legitimate answer and be able to answer questions. And, and at the same time, I've said this many times, but it's like, if you don't know the answer, say, I don't know. Like, that's okay. It's okay to say, hey, you know what? I actually never thought of it that way. I'm not sure. Let me do some research. Let me ask some people. Let me think about it. And and I'll get back to you. Because it's okay to say we don't know. We can't be expected to know everything about everything. Or even everything about the thing that we do. It's impossible. 100%. And I think think that's always, you know, for me, it's been a sign of strength is saying, you know, admitting what you don't know. Um, But again, unfortunately, in in the fitness industry, and I came across this, um, it was definitely a number of years ago now, one of my students was like, oh, I just did a personal training certificate over the weekend. And their opening statement was like, oh, if, if, a, if a client asks you something and you don't know the answer, just pretend like you do. So it looks like you know what you're talking about. And I was like, I was baffled. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, that's what they told you. I'm like, that is absolutely like the most scumbag answer. Like, who was that? I want to go fight that person. Like, that's, <laughs> that's, that's why our industry is in the mess that it's in now, right? Like, you know, people are, are, are more likely to believe, you know, something from Joe Schmo, you know, on Instagram with, with a six pack and a million followers versus somebody that's actually legitimately, you know, got the answer and, 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 and putting it out there, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's it's just yeah, strange time to be alive, man. It yeah, really a, is. It, it is. It is. It's always a strange time to be alive. But I mean, you know, more more of this is I think better and helping. But it's like like you said, like we can shout these from the from the rooftops on the podcast on the wherever, and it's like if people are not listening, they're not listening. We do we do what we can, and we try and make the world a better place as as much as we can, and we're always happy to be wrong and, and know all that stuff. But, uh, you know, everyone's got to do, everyone's got to do things for them, right? That, that's all it comes down to. Everyone has to take control of their own life, their own health, their own situation and make the best of it. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, it's, 
I, I made a joke the other day, like the new punk rock is thinking for yourself. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like, yeah, re- rebel on, like come up with your own decisions or, you know, yeah. like <laughs> rather than just, you know, being spoken to, you know, from the little colorful box yeah. you know, on the TV. And one of my favorite books, uh, uh, Amusing Ourselves to Death by Neil Postman, it was written a number of years ago about the TV. And it was basically just that, like we are amusing ourselves to death. Like, Think of it, everything that people are getting through, even like podcasts right now, it's all entertainment. Like yep. there's no more learning without entertainment. I don't think that's a good thing. Like you need to sit through the boring shit, right? Like yeah. in any in any industry, you need to sit through the boring stuff because that's usually where the foundation, the foundational principles are. Like there is no fluff. Again, it's, you know, eating healthy is really easy to do. It's not complicated. Like we overcomplicate everything with this or that or the other, or trying to sell this or sell that. And that's why now it's like, what, what am I trying to sell? I'm trying to sell Hank for yourself. I'm trying to sell, go outside and get some vitamin D and I'm trying to sell, like, take care of your health. Like, all right. If that's made me the crazy, you know, conspiracy theorist, then fuck me. <laughs> like, I don't, know. I don't know what else to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And a, and a lot of money to be made off those things too. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think we even said this in the last podcast Probably. too. All of just that, like that. This is all I'm trying to sell. Just yeah. think for yourself and be healthy. That's yeah. it. That's and, all and, we. Can and you know what? In, in the tenth podcast, in the fifteenth, in the hundredth podcast that we do, however many years from now, it's going to be the same stuff because it's not going to change. It's not going to change. You just do the same shit like all said, the time. The, do the right things the and just do them well. Principles are boring, and that's what things are based on. Like there is no fancy gimmicky thing. Or and that was a, a, a word gimmick. Somebody said to me a long time ago, like, oh, you need a, you need a gimmick as a coach. Like you need a gimmick, you know? And it's like, you know, whether you got a mustache or, you know, giant, you know, sleeves off or, you know, whatever some of these strength coaches are out there doing, like, it's great. They love it. Cool. That's not me. It's not my personality. Like I'm not doing nothing for a gimmick. I'm doing something for legitimate change or just for legitimate action. I don't know how else to say it. You know, I just, it's, it's not everything needs to be entertainment. You know, there are things that you can do for entertainment. There's nothing wrong with that. Watch a movie. That's great. But don't sit there, you know, watching your news for entertainment. Then your music is for entertainment. Like your everything just becomes entertainment. I think that's what gets so washed down. You know, it's like people, again, put their health choices in what, you know, The Rock is telling them to do. Sorry, but The Rock's not a healthy dude. Like, just look at it. He's had an exponential amount of injuries. Like, you know, he's pumped to the gills with whatever he's taken. Like, sorry, but the dude's not healthy. Like, and you're going to listen to somebody like that versus over somebody like myself or yourself or any of the other great, you know, trainers out there. And like, that's to me where like, where do we go wrong here? You know what I mean? And there's nothing to discredit the rock. He's an entertainer, but leave him it's as fantastic. an entertainer. Yeah. Yeah, Don't exactly. listen to like health advice or, you know, people like, oh, look at his cheat days. He has giant cheat days where he eats, you know, 18 pancakes. So I'm going to do it too. Oh, fuck me, you're not the rug. You know, like, I don't know, maybe that's a bad example, yeah. but I just see so much of that. No, I think it's a great example. Like, I think it's a great example. Oh. People try and emulate those cheat days, and it's like, you're not 275 pounds. You're not 8% body fat. You're not taking whatever the stuff that he's taking. You don't work out as hard as he does. You don't do all the things that he does. So that's why it doesn't work for you when you do it. It's <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And again, even for me looking at it, like, he's had a lot of injuries, right? Like, he's had hernias, yeah. he's, he's torn his pecs, like... I don't think he trains very efficiently at all. Like, sure, no. he's great. He's, he's he's massive. But, you know, me, I'm, I'm a functional movement, musculoskeletal health guy. There's a lot of things he could do differently to both look that big and perform better and not need for surgeries. But, exactly. you know, I don't know. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's interesting. That's crazy. Sure. Crazy That's times. Cool. 
Um, (laughs) Let's start to kind of bring this full circle here. How can, how can people and who would you advise or, or kind of like, I don't know, ask to start getting involved with, with Project Heroes? Like what kind of people would you be looking for to get involved with this? Project Heroes is literally for everybody. So the kind of quote is, you know, uh, Project Heroes for the hero in all of us. We can all be a hero. Um, you know, I, I'm, one of my favorite quotes from Matt McConaughey, uh, somebody asked him, like, who is your hero? And he said, me in 10 years from now. And I've always held on to that. And that's something that, like I've always like looking, look to yourself or, or put yourself on that pedestal rather than looking at somebody like the rock. Like it's great to use those people and athletes and things like that for motivation, inspiration, everything else, but they're not going to do it for you. Right. You got to do it for yourself. So it's really like, be, be your own hero. So I think um, to answer that question, it's literally for anybody and for everybody um, ways that we can get involved, like, you know, jump in on some of the workouts. I'll be posting up a lot more. Uh, you can follow me on my Instagram, boost a boss. Uh, as well as uh, there's a link on there um, to donate. So basically I'm trying to do this just to, to raise, you know, awareness and funds and things like that for uh, mental health awareness. So I started a, a um, it's not a GoFundMe, it's a different thing through another organization called FitOps to do some really, really cool things with um, veterans. I think veterans get a lot of flack, um, you know, in, in their mental health, you know, it's like we, we have the freedoms that we do because of things that happened you know, in, in the past. And so I think it's kind of have like an ode to that. My family is a very heavy uh, military family as well. Um, so, you know, and that's just a start, you know, if there's any other uh, charities or, or, or any organizations that other people know, um, basically I'm just going to kind of champion lots of these things, if that makes sense. So I kind of don't really want to pigeon, pigeonhole it, pigeonhole it into one thing. I think mental health crosses the board, right? It's a massive umbrella because we all need it. Right. Um, so yeah, first and foremost, it's for everybody follow along, man, even if, you know, even if you just throw in five bucks on, onto the, uh, uh, the fundraiser, or even if not, you know, you're just following along and support, um, over the next few months, uh, and, and later into the year, I'll be looking to get some, you know, hopefully some, um, pretty cool sponsors and stuff on board. But that's the biggest problem. You know, everything in today's day and age costs money, um, yeah. you know, and, and fundraising and things like that. So I, I want to kind of take that. And like you said, just, just use myself as a springboard, use my profession, um, use the things I've learned over the last 12 years to, to, to apply them to myself and show how easy it is for everybody to do it. You know, you, you don't have to, you know, go through these crazy workouts and extreme diets, you know, to, to live a little bit healthier, you know, even losing the semblance symbol from like, you know, five to 10 pounds of body fat is going to add years to your life. And that's, you know, very, very well documented. There's no conspiracy there. Um, you know, living healthier is only going to uh, be of benefit to you and everybody else around you. So again, I think um, I think that's really the main goal behind uh, uh, Project Heroes and just really want to get a bunch of people involved. You know, even if it's like locally, maybe in a, in a couple months from now, um, you know, we do like a fun run um, for a local charity or something and get other people involved uh, in that as well. Because yeah, there's, there's one big ratio I want to do at the end of the year, but there's obviously going to be a lot of training stuff um, to go on throughout the year. There's a big race. Um, it's called, I think, the Big Blue Adventure Race in uh, Tahoe at the end of the year. Um, so I'm looking for uh, training partners and, and teammates as well, because a lot of these things require like, you know, two to three, four to six man teams. So I can't do it all on my own right now. It's all just 100 percent completely solo. I'm just kind of going through the motions and I'm hoping that slowly as, you know, the kind of steam gets built and you know get more um um notoriety out there uh or i guess just more notice out there then people will be like hey that sounds sick like let's jump in and do it you know i may be hoping to you know inspire a couple you know local dads or something to do the same thing and be like hey you know what that's really cool like i'm gonna do this so i can be healthier for my kid like perfect like 
like I said, I, I want to prove that this can be done by literally anybody. So if anybody's kind of scared or they don't know how to do the training for that, well, that's where I get to sit back on the 12 year career that I had. Like I know exactly what to do to help coach you and help get you to where you need to be as well. So that's what I'm kind of hoping that, you know, as this kind of builds steam, we'll have a bit of like an online community, you know, like you do with the, you know, go outside. Cool. Even if it's just, you know, tagging it, you know, project heroes on, on, on Instagram on a post. And then we just, you know, start sharing that around just again to get more um, awareness out there. And everybody can be a hero. We all got that in us. And I think having that long-term, and I'm talking, you know, long-term, like Matt McConaughey says, my hero is me in 10 years from now. And I think me being able to say all of what we said today um, about my career, if you had to talk to me 10 years ago, as I was just starting out my coaching career, and I would have said, Hey, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. Well, I, I did it all right. <laughs> so I guess to me, I prove, I, I, I proved to that little kid, you know, a 20 year old kid, 10 years ago that I could do all those things. So now it's all right. What's going to happen over the next 10 years. And I think, again, it's like you, you mentioned earlier, it's not about that short, quick little fix, you know, 30 day this or 60 day that like, no, this is life, man. Like this is a life challenge. So yeah, hopefully that answered your question. <laughs> yeah, no, it did. I, I love it. I think, I think another thing for people to kind of wrap their heads around is that if you want to get involved with this, again, all the ways that he said, even just, you know, just follow along the journey, donate if you can, sponsorships if you've got a company that's that's relevant to this whole thing, like that all that stuff definitely helps. But for your own self and what you, the listener, you can get out of this is that you can go along this journey too. It's easy to say get healthy and know we want to get in shape, but but for what? For what reason? when you're training for like some type of event and you don't have to do the whole thing, but just to do, you know, a, a trail run, a community run, a, a hike through the forest, a, something like that, a, a kayaking locally, like training for that is going to be a lot more motivational rather than, oh, I just want to lose 10 pounds. Everybody wants to lose 10 pounds. Nobody, nobody seems to be able to do it, but you know, put something, put some goal, some real goal, some tangible thing, activity that you have to do at the end of it. You're going to be much more likely to, to actually get it. So I think being able to follow along with your workouts, um, is, is a great tool for people to, to access and to tap in, like you said. Uh, so, you know, I think, I think it's amazing what you're doing. I, I you know, I'll be supporting as much as I can, if I can make it out to, to San Diego to, to train a little bit yeah, over this it. year, then I definitely will. But you know, world, world, not exactly conducive to that right now, but I'll do what I can. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think too, that's uh, what was another idea behind all of this. Like, even if we all can't, you know, travel and get together, well, we got, we got online, right. You know, exactly. so it's like, I can go outside and do a 10 minute run you, wherever you are and go outside and do a 10 minute run, you know? So, um, you know, it's uh, like, I always put on my Instagram stories when I'm working out, don't want to still gun it. Like I hate working out. <laughs> I've always hated working out, but you know, you, you have to, and you got to kind of put that to the side and get things done anyways, you know, cause at the end of the day, it's really just like our health, both physical and mental, I think. So for me, that's going to be the biggest, I guess, part of this, um, um, project is really just promoting, you know, health, health, you know, physical health, mental health, whatever way, shape or form. I think it's such a big umbrella. I think a lot of people just pigeonhole it too much. And I, and I really just want to kind of try and prove that like it all, it's all connected. You know, if, if your mental health ain't right, your physical health ain't right, then, you know, all your other health won't, won't be right either. So, um, yeah, I think that'll be the challenge. <laughs> exactly. Love it, brother. I'm, I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be really good. I think it's going to help a lot of people. I think it's going to help you as well. Um, but so I'm, I'm just super excited to like see it all unfold and, and be a part of it as much as I can be. I appreciate it. Props to you, bro. How's this? The podcast is blowing up now, huh? Number it's, one in Canada. It's yeah, getting there. No, it was a number one. It was like it made it cracked the top 50 or something like that. So hey, it, it, it goes up and down. But those rankings for anybody listening, like the, the, the rankings are, are they're kind of weird. They're based on like frequency and stuff. I don't know. So they jump up like they jump up and down like 50 to a hundred 
spots like in a day it's kind of it's kind of strange but yeah it's uh it's getting some attention so for for somehow for somehow at the time of this i've been in the in the top charts of of the philippines and finland for for like a couple months now i personally don't know anybody in those countries so if you're listening from those countries somehow you are hello like send me a message on instagram because i'd love to just know who you are um i i appreciate it always but yeah yeah things are things are going good with this but you know like it's just a long-term thing. When I started this, it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to beat Joe Rogan in, in three months. Like, no, I'm probably never going to do that, first of all. And this was just something that I set out. I'm going to start doing it. And this is just what I do now. I just do this for as long as, I don't know, forever. There's there's no reason that I can't just keep doing this for forever as long as I keep enjoying it and it keeps helping people. So here we go. Definitely not killing it, bro. I, I appreciate you having me on uh, twice now. So yeah, appreciate Absolutely. it. Super stoked. Let's kick 2020 into gear. Get motivated, everybody. Let's get fit. Let's get healthy and think for yourself. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm going to throw all the links in the show notes, but but rattle off the contact info once more here. Uh, so you can follow me on Instagram, uh, Boosie the Boss, B-O-U-S-S-Y, the Boss. Uh, and then there'll be a link right there in my bio as well for the um, Project Heroes uh, uh, donation page. Um, again, I even just threw that up there and was just like, whatever, at least it started now. Right. Like I think so many people have all these grand ideas and then they just sit on it and mull on it. And like, and again, I've been a perfectionist a lot throughout my life. So the whole thing for this was just like, whatever, I'm doing it anyways. I might do it well. I might do it poorly, but either way I'm doing it. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Nope. Got the ball rolling and it's off to a good start and only couldn't go up from here. So let's see it. That's it. Hell yeah. Appreciate you, bro. Thanks for I again, appreciate bro, you too, on. man. Thanks for coming on again. And, and we'll do this again for sure. You know, many, many times, but, uh, yeah, man, thank you. Thank you everybody for listening. I appreciate you guys all as well. I appreciate your attention very, very much. Make sure you're following coach boss on Instagram, chip in, tap into project heroes and everything that's going on with that. Make sure you're taking care of yourself, being healthy, doing all the right things. Give me a follow on Instagram as well. Uh, if you haven't already at Daniel Yoris, leave the podcast a rating and review on whatever platform you listen to. And that's it. Go be a good person, eat some healthy food and do some good things in the world. Take it easy.